you are enough. You are chosen. You are worthy. You are precious. You are important. And today is your day. Don't forget to start the day waking with the word. Welcome to another Waking with the Word. We're in part 19 of finding the kingdom of heaven after Easter. I said yesterday, the kingdom of heaven is power. The kingdom of heaven is freedom. The kingdom of heaven is peace. The kingdom of heaven is joy. Isn't this incredible? We often seek happiness on earth. But a great writer once said, don't seek happiness. Seek the kingdom of heaven. Because the kingdom of heaven brings happiness. And that is the truth. Jesus said, happy are those who. And then he gave us, not rules, but instructions on how to live and function and breathe and exist in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is not so much a physical place, but an experience. Let me say that again. The kingdom of heaven is not so much a physical place, but an experience. And one more time, the kingdom of heaven is not so much a physical place, but an experience. And it's an experience that I can have on earth. This is why the Lord's Prayer says, let your kingdom come on earth. In my today, there is a way that I can experience heaven. Let me say again, in my today, there is a way that I can experience heaven. And one more time, for when I truly know something or believe something, I say it three times. In my today, there is a way that I can experience heaven. I'm reminded at the moment of the story of the lion, the witch and the wardrobe and Narnia. Lucy goes through the wardrobe into Narnia. The others have not experienced Narnia. And so they don't believe her that it exists. Later on in the story, we find that the professor believes her. We begin to think perhaps he has had the same experience. He was here on earth. He could touch the touchable, hear the hearable, but he had a persuasion of a place that seemed to be impossible because he had experienced it. I remember one time my dad was teaching on a certain subject and he said, there are those of us who have internal evidence that this is true. The disciples came to a place where they realised that the kingdom of heaven was never going to be brought about by human people. I can't pull it down. I can't produce it. I can't make it happen. But I can experience it. And I can experience it because there's a door that is open. But whether the door is open or closed is not my choice. Way back in the 
Old Testament, it said that God shut the door of the ark. God chooses when the door opens and he chooses when the door closes. And God says, whomsoever will may come. This is the great mystery of who God is, that he would stretch out and extend his hand to everybody. This is what the church of God and perhaps many human beings have not been able to quite grasp or get hold of. That God so loved the world and that word means cosmos with all its cultures and all its variations that he gave his only son. That none, not even one should perish, which means to become useless, but all should receive the energy of the life of God. That is the translation from the Greek or a translation that you could give to that passage. The door is open, but the door is not opened by me or because of me. The door is opened because of him. Now this is important to grasp because what it means is I don't close the door. I can't close the door. God does not give up on me. I may give up on him. I may not want what he wants to pour through that door. I may refuse it. I may not walk through it myself. But I can't close it. My failures, my sin, all of those things which many people and even myself would add up to say, she cannot know Jesus. All of those things that even my own psyche might say to me, you're unworthy. All of those things he has promised will not shut that door. This is important. It's important because I also have to realise that all of the things that I can add up as good in my life, all of the things that I think I could possibly rely on, like my personality, my ability to speak, my intellect, my financial status, my position on this earth, my inheritance, my talent, my strength of character, my ability to sell or to persuade people, my kindness, my goodness, my determination to encourage, even perhaps my worship of God, all of those things which I could add up and say, well, that, that makes me worthy of that door. That makes me worthy before my God. All of those things are not enough to open the door. All of those things do not give me the choice to have what God wants to give me. The choice, the decision, the authority, the responsibility is completely his and he has not based it on, does not base it on 
and never will base it on. Me, my goodness, or what I see as my badness, or what others see as my badness. There is only one accuser in the spiritual realm, and that is a being who is in direct opposition to God. God does not accuse you, but God does instruct you, gently guide you, convince you sometimes that something is not what is best for you and other people in a certain circumstance. He will change you. He will develop you. He will lovingly, lovingly love you with active love. Our God is a promise keeper. And he will walk through the process with you. But that process is not given because of you. And other people's processes with God and promises of God are not given because of you. They're not dependent upon your thoughts about them, upon what you think they should and should not have and how they're living their life. And da -da 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 -da. As soon as you get onto that track, your eyes are off of you, they're onto someone else, and you're accusing as the great accuser accuses. And you are looking at them, but there might be a log in your own eye and it's never going to be sorted out because you don't see it, because your eyes are diverted elsewhere. We have spoken so much about the disciples in this series. When the disciples came to the upper room, they realised their strength of character did not cut it. And in fact, for some of them, they saw that they'd done worse with their strength of character than what they would have done if they weren't strong in that area. Their inheritance, who they were because of who their ancestors were, didn't cut it. Even being Jewish was not enough. It did not equate to or bring them into what God was doing. It was not reliant upon if you were Jewish or not. God was reaching out to everyone. Their force and violence did not do it. Pressure and keeping on going did not do it. Friendship, love and commitment to Jesus did not do it. None of it was enough. And even after he came back, he did not say, now, come on, guys, get your swords. He said, now wait, now stop, now just know only me, only I, wait for me. Their talent, their personalities, their achievements, their reliability, didn't do it. Nothing, nothing they did gave them the choice to make God work. Nothing they did brought heaven to earth. 
And when they tried to do it their way, they realised they were trying to produce a heaven that was not heaven. It was their heaven. But in their heaven, all they were going to have was their heaven. The heaven that God is and was offering was God's heaven. Only God's heaven. Only him. Only his way. And only by grace were they worthy. Grace is the word charis in the Greek, which means God leaning towards you or me with all that he is and pouring himself into us and upon us. And we say it's grace because we're nothing in comparison to that. And in so many ways, we do not deserve it. And yet he has given it and promised it and wants to do it and makes himself available to us. But again, it's grace. It's his choice and he has chosen it. Way back in the beginning of time, he didn't want us to have the knowledge of good and evil. This was not so much knowing the difference between good and evil and being able to choose for ourselves, but the ability to do good and evil and not really having the knowledge of the difference between the two. He didn't want us to not know the difference. He didn't want us to experience the bad. He didn't want us to judge whether we were good or bad. He didn't want us to think that we could have him or anything because of our own merit, because he just wanted to give it to us. Because he knew we were good. Now we have this bias where we count our wrongs or what we see as wrongs and our evil as really bad and we can become depressed and despondent and have a self-hatred and say, oh, stupid me and all of this stuff. And where we count our goods as better than they are and we say, well, I am rich and I am famous and I am loving and I am kind and I am not wrong. And we begin to be out of balance and we judge ourselves but God never wanted us to judge ourselves because he is the great judge and his judgment was you are good but not good because you can this and you do that you're just good because you are good and in these areas where you have weakness and in these areas where you have sin which is missing the mark taking a side step going off the path that God so wants for you and me. In these areas where we've now chosen destruction and chosen death and sometimes haven't even realised that we are doing it. In these areas where our hearts lie to us and they say something is so good only for us to find out it was so bad. These are the areas where he wants to pour grace into us. Pour grace out for us again to bring us back from those transgressions that take us to places and experiences or through experiences that are less than the worth that he sees and he has placed upon us. Self-judgment will not bring me into the kingdom of heaven. P 
Peter promised. I will always be beside you, Jesus. I will not betray you, Jesus. And yet he betrayed Jesus three times that very day. He judged himself to be committed and found himself to be a betrayer. I'm absolutely certain it will have broken Peter's heart, but thank God that God forgave him because Jesus knew what was in the heart of man. And this is again why Jesus says, do not rely upon yourself. Rely on me. Though you are weak, I am strong. He's not asking you to be strong on your own, but to be strong in the Lord. In the Lord. To walk humbly with your God. He's not asking you to make the big proclamations and the big statements and the big promises. He's not asking you to put a big burden upon yourself that is so heavy to carry that other people say, wow, look at them. He's asking you to pick up your cross and follow him. Your cross is the burden that you bear. Your cross is death to yourself. Your cross is the realisation that it's not because of me that I can have him. And it's not because of me that I can't have him. It's because of him that I always can have him. Because of him. Because he's so wonderful. Because he's so good. Because he loves me so much. Every one of the disciples realised that what they needed was the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When the breath of God left the body of Christ, the body of Christ died. It says Jesus gave up his spirit. He died. The body died because the breath inside that body was the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came back into that body, it lived. Because the breath and the spirit inside that body was the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. And realise that if you truly want to live, then the breath that, and the spirit that you want inside your body is the Holy Spirit. For without him I'm dead. I see things my way and I rely on them my way and I find out that my way is not big enough to truly know the truth. I live my life my way and I discern what I'm going to do my way and I find out that my way is not really good enough to give me a real, true, successful, purposeful life in every single way. I judge others my way. I only know my way and I get the results of my way, but not the kingdom of heaven. That is only given by God in his way. And I can thank God that I can sit and I can say thank you that you're enough. And it takes a repentance, a turning from my way, a letting go of my thoughts and a desire 
to know his. To wait for his. To have rest and peace and calm and trust knowing that as I wait he's dealing with everything. When you realise that you are not enough, he will become all that you need. And all that he is will be more than enough. I will speak to you tomorrow with all of my love. God bless. If you would like to support our work, you can find details at info at comebacktogod.org.